You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, and welcome to episode 56 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, Jason Priestmer here, again with John Wayne McMahon, for a special twofer on this Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it's two separate episodes, but for me, it's like, man, we're just getting so much awesome quality time and... And nerd time. Nerd. I'm I'm biblical turning into I'm turning into a biblical nerd. <laughs> I I want to see a really good mini series of the genealogy of Jesus. I don't know how how, how that's that? going to pull we that off. We could do it. You know, let's start writing uh, producers or whatever. Why not? Those guys they make they do good for themselves. Who's, yeah, who's the one that makes all these movies and shows? Oh yeah, Round Downa Downey Roma. And what's her name? The guy from yeah. Mark Burnett. From yes, the Survivor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we need to do. John, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm, I'm feeling genealogical. I was <laughs> waiting for that one. That's a new word. Man, that's awesome. Uh, we're going to have to do more of these just so I can hear some of these cool <laughs> adjectives for you. Um, so we are back this week uh, in our Wonderwork sermon series. Yeah, week two. Week two or three. The first was an overview. Oh, this is week two. Yeah, this is week two. Mm-hmm. See, I'm I was tra- like, I've only preached twice. I'm traveling, time traveling right now. So, so simply, yeah, what what just happened is today is a Sunday afternoon. We're recording Jason's house. We just did last week's, which yeah. is going to get to you pretty late. Um, and now we're we're recording based on what I preached on this morning and what a lot of you heard Chris preach on. So that's where we're that's at. True. Week two of the 515 uh, inside look of the genealogy of Jesus. There is a fly uh, yeah. buzzing in front of my face. Yeah. And I'm swatting like a just a crazy person right now. Yeah. Which uh, I, I I think you were just like you'll know. Call and response. Amen. Amen. Now, this yeah, is me raising and kind of just fanning myself. I need one of those church fans. Like <laughs> there, so it's on you now. So I'm good. Um. So go ahead, please, if you would. Uh. Let's talk about today's sermon. We yes. actually started the story. So yeah, for overview. the genealogy of Jesus coming from Matthew chapter one. If you missed the first week and missed the first episode of five fifteen on this. You need to get caught up because I covered a lot of stuff, <laughs> yeah. a whole lot of information, but some kind of teasers, a lot of teasers mm-hmm. for the ser- sermon series, uh, a lot of overview stuff. So anyways, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. You can pause here, go back, and then come back to this in just a second. We'll be here right when you when you Yeah, we'll, we'll stay right we'll wait here waiting you. for you. Uh, but uh, So let me just tell you a little bit of what we did. Now, I know that um, there's a lot of people that, that attend the Vine that listen to the 515, and I didn't preach in the Vine today. I preached in the sanctuary. I noticed that. And so I'm going to give kind of more of an in-depth depth overview of my sermon rather than jumping right into some background stuff um and i'm just going to work through that jason you hadn't heard me preach the sermon either so um jump in with any questions so first we looked at uh what we're what this whole week is focused on is son of david why is excuse me son of abraham why does matthew uh take the point right there in matthew chapter one to say this is the genesis this is the genealogy the book of the genealogy of jesus christ Son of Abraham, son of David. Why, or son of David, son of Abraham? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why that? And so this week we look at son of Abraham in particular, and what does it mean that Jesus is in the line of Abraham, is a son of Abraham, um, and why is that important for us, and what does that mean, and all that stuff? And so we looked at that um, through some different ways. First, we got to understand the story of Abraham, 
So we looked at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, the calling of Abraham. I want you to leave your family, leave your household. Mm-hmm. I want you to leave everything and go. Um, and this is what I promise you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you I'm gonna make you a name. I'm going to bless uh, all peoples through you. I'll, I'll bless those who bless you, judge those who ju- judge you, or curse those who curse you. I'm going to bless all peoples through, through your through you through your line Mm -hmm. abraham that's the promise that we get there and so uh, abraham leaves he does it he leaves ur and he goes uh on to this you know very shallow kind of uh idea of what god's calling i want you to go that way and he does it and he goes (laughs) and so he leaves his security he leaves everything that's around him um and he takes off with sarah and um with his nephew lot and their their extended family now um, something that I think is really important for us to know while we do celebrate Abraham's faith and this journey, the Christian calling is this same journey to away from material wealth, away from security, mm-hmm. away from uh, the God, the worldly given identity that we have through whatever, through household, career, things like that, and choosing to allow God to bless us with those things. And that's the very calling for Abraham, the calling for us. So a little side note, that's free for you. Um, that's another one of those great parallels you were alluding to last week. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. And then so, so of course, Abraham does it. He leaves. Um, he's promised um, all of these things that God's going to be with him. He's going to bless him through these things. Um He's promised a kid that this line will continue, even though Sarah's barren. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of drama that goes into into this. But they, he waits a hundred years to have that child. Uh, yeah, he's a hundred years old when that happens. And so, and, and uh, Sarah's pretty old, or over a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so, um, a lot of waiting, but a lot of faith that's going into this. And so, what we see in Abraham is actually God leaning in and focusing on one person. Uh, to bring about his intentional um, redemptive story through this one man, he turns his attention to this person. So why does why does God do that in the story of Abraham? Is this is like is this to 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 ignore all the other peoples? Is this to to forget about everybody else, or is does God have a plan? Well, in Genesis chapter twelve, verse one through three, God calls one specific person. So in order that he could bless all peoples. Mm -hmm. And so that's the redemptive plan that's taking place. And also what we need to know is all of Genesis leading up to chapter 12 is just kind of jacked up stuff going on. And God realizing that that we kind of shift, we need to shift gears here a little bit. And so leading right up until Abraham's on on the scene is the Tower of Babel where humanity tries to build their own like stuff yeah. to, to make their name great and to worship themselves mm-hmm. essentially and what God does with Abraham he says I, he, I'm going to promise to make you famous uh, to bless you and to provide your heritage and your legacy moving forward but I'm going to give you that gift you don't get it you don't build it yourself mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that yeah. so all those parallels are going okay now we know the story of Abraham we covered it a little bit there's a lot more to it but there's there's a brief overview What's the significance of being Jesus being the son of Abraham? Jesus being the son of Abraham is very clear in Matthew chapter 1. We see it um, all over the place in this calling to leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Um, in Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3 is what I'm arguing part of the Abrahamic covenant that God is saying will be fulfilled in Jesus. Being the son of Abraham is drawing our attention back to what God promised in Abraham and then bringing us back to what Jesus accomplishes to bring that promise from Abraham true. Mm -hmm. So as a son of Abraham, 
Jews that are hearing this story because Matthew's writing to Jews yep. are going to think about the promise that they grew up believing in that God would make their names great that God would bless them that he would make them a people that he would bring them together that very thing is being fulfilled in Jesus finally the son of Abraham Jesus is that very thing he, they also would have in mind another uh, verse Genesis chapter 17 verse uh, verses 6 or 7 where the Lord tells Abraham, I'll make you fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. So that makes sense in mm-hmm. the line of Jesus. And in Genesis twenty-two eighteen, which is very important for our conversation today, God says, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. The blessing is not coming through Abraham, but through Abraham's offspring. And who do you think that offspring is? Who is that person that's being alluded to, even in Genesis chapter 22, wow. other than Jesus, Jesus himself? Even Paul gets to this. Um, Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, singular, hmm. meaning one person, Paul says, who is the Christ. Paul said, the very one true descendant of Abraham is Jesus. He is the fulfillment of what was promised in Abraham. Now, two two major themes that I covered this morning, and I'm, I'm gonna cover them briefly. Any questions so far? No, I'm st- honestly a lot of stuff. I'm trying to wrap my head around that being like, if I, my math is right, like forty something generations later. Yeah. That finally comes to yeah. fruition. Yeah. That's just mind blowing. Yeah, through some really crazy for real yeah. generations in there. Yeah. You're like. Wait, that person was awful, and they they had <laughs> they a kid definitely with somebody, fallen. and they, yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So two major themes that we need to pull out of Abrahamic's covenant okay. to see the fulfillment in Jesus as the son of Abraham. Okay. The first one is this: an, the the Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant. Mm-hmm. We see this beautiful scene in Genesis chapter fifteen, where uh, if you've been with me, I've taught on this a few times, where the the covenant is ratified through this remarkable yes. scene, where. If in ancient Near East contracts or covenants, the bigger party and the smaller party would come together. So a big country or a small country, mm-hmm. they would come together to make an agreement. And the smaller party would cut animals into two, would spread them apart. I know it's gruesome and weird, but it's going to paint a very strong picture in the minds of these people. The smaller party would walk between the halved animals and would, as a, as a way of saying, if I break this covenant, may I be ripped in two. Yeah. Always the smaller party walking through the animals and the bigger party watching as this is made because mm-hmm. the smaller party is making the promise to the bigger party. Well, when God and Abraham together, they're about to make this covenant, you would think that God is the big party and Abraham is the smaller yep. entity here. But God puts Abraham into a deep sleep and God himself through a, a flame, a mm. torch of flame, passes through the halves so as to say that when you fail abraham Mm -hmm. i will be ripped in two Mm. so from genesis chapter 15 we see this allusion to god paying the price for the unfaithfulness of his people so this unconditional love is not dependent upon the actions of the other person god will be faithful no matter what the one caveat i said to this is that I'm called to love my wife unconditionally. Mm -hmm. But when we said I do, we brought responsibilities with us. So while it is unconditional love, there is still an expectation of sacrifice and um, um, being faithful to each other, right? Yeah, that's good Like that's expected. Mm -hmm. But the unconditional love is even if you fail, I'm still going to love you. God's saying no matter what, as a matter of fact, 
beyond that, I'm going to pay the price yeah. for when you do, when you do fail. And so that's the beautiful that thing is. in Genesis chapter so 15. Good. Yeah. Um, then the second theme that we got to cover really quickly, I know this is a lot, is I think that maybe Matthew is hinting at another son of Abraham when he talks about this. And who is a literal son of Abraham? Isaac. Yeah. And we know an intriguing story of Genesis chapter 22 where Abraham is told by God to take Isaac, your son that you've been waiting for forever, and you're an old man at this point. You finally get your son, the son that you've been waiting for for so long. I want you to take him up on a mountainside. I mm-hmm. want you to sacrifice him on the altar. Yeah. Now, the, uh, we could get into all kinds of background context about child sacrifice and how things existed around the ancient Near East. Um, but but here's the point I want to make out of this. We know a son that is sacrificed. <laughs> and I wonder if there's a parallels here. The son of Abraham being Jesus, that maybe there's a comparison of Jesus to uh, even Isaac. And we see that comparison take place all throughout Matthew's um, understanding. It seems like he's reaching back into Genesis. So last week I shared that. Um, the very first line that the genealogy of Jesus could literally be translated to the Genesis, the book of Genesis of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Well, chapter two, uh, verse four of Genesis could literally be translated to the book of Genesis of the heavens and earth. Wow. And so Matthew seems to be rivalry, like kind of picking that language very particularly. Another thing that um, jumped out to me is that um, the birth announcements of both Isaac and Jesus. First, the angel appears to Mary and Joseph in chapter 1, uh, verse 20, and, and says this, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Hear this. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, when God appears to Sarah and Abraham, chapter 17, verse 19, God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and he will be called Isaac. Mm -hmm. The language is identical. It looks like Matthew is trying to maybe get his Jewish listeners to jump onto this fact that this story that we know that's a part of our heritage, it's about to be fulfilled in Jesus. And the reason why I think this is so important because all of the gospels have to um, vindicate a paradox. And that paradox is the Messiah dying. Yeah. How could we truly be waiting for a Messiah that's also going to die? Mm-hmm. The Messiah is supposed to be the one that conquers and leads us out of this, that is the king. And so that paradox, that atonement, that understanding he, right here in this very section is showing that, yes, he's the son of David, but he's also the son of Abraham. Mm-hmm. He's the Isaac that is going to be sacrificed here at the cross. Um, and a, One scholar said both are promised children conceived under extraordinary circumstances Sarah is barren and can't have a child. Yeah. Mary has not done what it takes to have a child, yeah. right? Um, and so both uh, conceived under extraordinary circumstances, beloved sons who go obediently to their sacrificial deaths mm. um, and at the hands of their, their respective fathers uh, that are doing it in faith for redemptive purposes. Beautiful stories, beautiful highlights that are coming through. So um, all of that to say that the Abrahamic covenant is a covenant of promise and hope and blessing. It is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, though we still live in a world with competing narratives that Mm -hmm. would say, uh, no, there's not that hope or that love. There's not that kind of thing going on. Um, But we, as followers of Jesus Christ, are also beneficiaries of the promise of Abraham, and we have been brought into the family once we were not a people 
but now we are a people. We're the very nations that Matthew chapter 28 says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. That's talking about us and the Gentile movement. Um, and the Jews that are hearing this story from Matthew the first time for whenever this came out, mm-hmm. they would be dreaming and thinking about those uh, mm-hmm. 515 podcasts talking about this later on. But yeah. you, you know what I mean? So an incredible, incredible thing that Matthew is doing very early on to say, hey, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what our whole history has been pointing towards. Jesus Jesus is the fulfillment of this. Yeah, I feel like I should be talking more, but I'm really literally just sitting here trying to put myself in the shoes like I always do. Yeah. Of, of, the, of those people who are yeah. hearing this for the first yeah. time and thinking, what? I mean, yeah. oh my gosh. And, and and just trying to absorb that and think of, you know, really chew on it and, mm-hmm. and put connect those dots. And it's just so, it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And then I kind of go back and think the f- of how relevant it is for us today still. Yeah. And then that's overwhelming. So it's like, so I'm just doing a lot of mm-hmm and yeahs, but I'm going to have to listen to this whole episode again in my car, I think. Yeah, I know, I know it's a, a lot. There's a lot of and let great me, stuff. Let me just say a word. Like, I, I think I got into this in, in the Vine, but I talked about the sanctuary today as well. Um the Old Testament is weird and messed up. And it's got a lot of stuff to it, and mm-hmm. it's hard for us to to understand. And we wrestle with some things, like why why did why did guys have why does Solomon have so many wives? Yeah, you yeah. know, like those kind of things that that take uh, some wrestling with some difficulty. And I get that, but you can't toss this out. No, and and we just can't allow that to happen. And this is this is so important because God has been working with jacked up people, jacked up people groups mm-hmm. uh contexts and cultures and understandings and slowly shaping them and forming them into uh israel that is to be a mouthpiece to the world and that's who we are now mm-hmm. we we are grafted in as paul talks about into this family that is a mouthpiece to the world of the hope and the love that we have in god um and that story now listen the story of abraham and isaac and sarah and all that it can stand on its own like i don't need you we don't need to prop Jesus into everything that happens in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. But what I want you to, to definitely, I think we could all agree on this, as we read someone like Matthew, Matthew is using the Old Testament yeah. to interpret exactly what's going on around him, to interpret what he's experienced with Jesus and how his heritage was preparing himself for what he's experiencing or had experienced. Mm-hmm. So we, we can see that very clearly. That's great. Yep. That's awesome stuff. All right. That's really all I got except for the ongoing challenge. Okay. Um, to share, to, to learn this story, to tell your kids about it, to talk about Abraham this week, um, to maybe read some Bible stories uh, yeah. together, maybe read a story before dinner or something like that. Even if you've heard the story a hundred times mm-hmm. and your kids are grown and they think you're annoying for wanting to take more time at the dinner table to do this. Um, let's talk about some of these stories and how they shape us and form us. Because listen, if like I, I'm not like it's not enough that that most of us couldn't tell us tell anyone exactly what happened in the Reformation or yeah. different parts of the Christian history of the Christian Church. Um, but we've got to start somewhere, and it's important for us to start to share the stories, retell them, and understand how they shape and form us and, and bring our heritage to light. Make sense? Yep. So one funny thing, yeah. I just thought of this that Chris did uh, while you weren't in the vine today. Yeah, you were, uh, y'all, you guys are trade. I know I'm still in my suit right doing now. Doing your, I know yeah. I told you to take your tie off. You don't have to dress this formally around me, but I'm wearing a tuxedo, so <laughs> it's understandable. 
Um, he started out by reading, start going through the names. He goes, okay, so uh, John and I had talked this past week, and he told me that you guys went had homework and you went and memorized all this entire oh, g- lineage. Yeah, we joked about it this morning. And so Good. he played. I mean, he 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 did a straight face. He 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 went. He's like, all right, let's go. First was, and then a couple people said, you know, Aaron, you know? <laughs> and then next they're like, John. And then it just got quieter and quieter. The responses. He goes, I'm just kidding. We weren't doing that. But <laughs> the, the I, I really think the 11 o'clock servers bought it a little better than the 940. But it was that's awesome. It was really hilarious, and it was one of my favorite moments. I'll me. just have to just step it up again and play play off of that definitely let's yeah. just keep so it start going. memorizing folks that's right that's your homework um before next week yep all the way to exile oh my goodness <laughs> just 14 generations <laughs> no, no, easy. yeah it's fine anybody can remember 14 items all right friends well thanks for tuning in i know it's a lot again i, th- I don't know if i said it this episode or the other we just record this but if this is a lot of information you're glazing over hang on there's some good stuff here um it's so important for us to dive into the bible a little bit more and see some background context and and so we try to we try to preach in different ways and bring different things to light and this is an opportunity for us to look at um some real scriptural themes and some redemptive themes of of the bible we need like a book club are there any good um books out there that kind of are talking about this or yeah yeah yeah. a great a great one sean gladding the story of us Oh, okay. That's one. I have two others that are sitting on my desk, and I can't remember. One of them is uh, something in Scripture by a guy named Bartholomew. Let's bring them next week. But I'll bring them next week. The Story of Us by Sean Gladding takes like a kind of a sitting around campfire telling the story Mm -hmm. of us. Um, like an old wise man of the village is telling the story. So it's a really cool book and and great for anybody to read. Perfect. There you go. That's your takeaway. All right. Love you guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.